Before James and I begin this current episode of London Calling, a word from a sponsor, Heroes and Heretics. Tenet, a principle, belief or doctrine generally held to be true, especially one held in common by members of an organisation, movement or profession. And for members of the Heroes and Heretics Collective, this could not be more true. Hidden in warehouses all over Scotland are beautiful gems, long-forgotten casks of legendary whisky. Our careful selection of these unseen wonders provides a unique opportunity to own, taste and experience a truly exceptional whisky presented in its purest form. No experience necessary. OK, maybe just a little. Heroes and Heretics presents their most exclusive line of top-end whiskies, Tenet, paying supreme attention to eye-watering value. Indeed, you might shed a tear when you sample your first bottle of Tenet, a 29-year-old secret space-side single malt, ripe with pear, apple and complemented by vanilla notes. You'll experience honey, hints of barley, balanced with rich oak and a strap of leather. A bottle of, a bottle of this special whisky costs £160, but if you sign up to the Heroes and Heretics Collective, you'll receive 15% off and free delivery on your first order, not to mention further discounts, competitions and incredible prizes just for being a member. So do not delay. This expression of Tenet produced 250 bottles of incredible liquid. So incredible, in fact, that it will be included in the winner's goodie bags at the Brit Awards next week. Sign up today at the Heroes and Heretics website, www.hahwcs.com. That's www.hahwcs.com. And that link will be on uh, the London Calling page on the Ricochet website. This is London Calling. London Calling. Anybody who departs from the official, from the trusted news, which is the official government narratives of WHO, CDC, and the White House, and anti-Fauci and NIH, we will make sure to identify them and to make sure that they are not given a platform. And this had nothing to do with whether the, the statements were inaccurate. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Um, Tobes, how's that hanging? Yeah, it's uh, it's hanging well. Um, uh, how about you? Do you have a good weekend? Um, yeah, I had I, I had an exciting week. Um, I went riding to hounds um and oh. not 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 the uh not the okay. big day that i've been, okay. not I've the been big day. Okay. myself about and um getting very nervous about but no um i it was very exciting but i was on a different horse who was very nappy um and you probably don't know what nappy means any horse people do but it basically means it likes being with it's mates in the first instance. So if, if it's stable mates are around, it will always want to be with them, regardless of where the other horses are going. And if its mates aren't around, then it'll, it'll follow whichever whichever horses are in, are in front. So there was, one, there was one point where we were going, trotting along this, this, this lane and then we had to, had to take a sharp left and, and jump over a hedge off the road. And unfortunately, I didn't stick behind the jumpers closely enough. So instead of going over the hedge, it just carried on up the road following these two kind of sort of spectator riders you know so some some people go hunting for the for the kicks for the for the jumps and stuff and some people go for things like they want to watch the hounds work and mm. they're the ones who survive longer because they're not doing dangerous things but um 
yeah, it wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to be with the thrusters. Oh, right. and I came off as well. Oh, did you? But um, you didn't. Yes. You didn't do yourself any harm. Um, no, I didn't. Um, thank, thank goodness. I, 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 I felt that God was on my side. I, I, um, um, uh, as I hope he would be. The, I mean, I mean, one's great terror is having to end up in hospital and 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 sort of be stuck in A and E for twelve hours or whatever, being ignored by unsympathetic nurses. Yeah. Yeah. Who probably who've probably got you on a special list of, of of people who didn't get get the death jab and and people who've said disparaging things about our NHS. So it's you know it, it would be a fate worse than death almost. Yes, you're probably on a no 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 fly list equivalent in the NHS. Um, but and uh, when you turn up in your fox hunting kit, it, it's not yeah, exactly that's just the kiss of death. I imagine you just get put straight to the back of the queue. But tell me, James, how painful is it to fall off a horse? I would have thought at our age. It's pretty painful, even if you don't do yourself any lasting injuries. It, it totally depends. It, it, it's it's. I, I've I've read extraordinary accounts of people, um, sort of escaping out of burning spitfires and things. Not that I'm suggesting I, I did the same, but that that your sort of your body does things, your brain does things that you can't rationalise afterwards. And what happened was that, I, I, that there was we were cantering very fast, possibly galloping along a hedgerow um, in a group. And my horse went down a hole. And um, when it goes down a hole, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you, the, it, it shoulder drops. And, and if you're very lucky, you might have to stay on. Otherwise, you, you, you tend to come off. And I, I went, I, went ra- I ended up round the neck. And I, I think I clung on for a, for, for a beat or two. I did this weird thing where... I went over the right-hand side of the horse's neck, if you know what I mean. Um, but I landed on my left-hand side, um, on my on my calf. Bizarrely. How did you do that? Did you do like a like a complete three hundred sixty? Yeah. Sort of uh, not a three hundred sixty, but I guess a hundred and eighty degree spin in the air. Yeah. And I don't know how that happened at all. I don't remember anything about it. You know, one minute I was I was cantering along, the next thing I was on the ground. Um, and I've I've never I've never come off a horse at that speed before. Um, and it's quite interesting that that you can do it and and not die. Um, I mean, my 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 calf was bruised, but I and I felt quite shaken. I mean, in fact, I, I think I was probably a bit concussed for the next few days, but. I got the hunting people are very good. They're they're very good about retrieving your loose horse and 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 boxing the horse in so that you can get back on, which is very difficult. Normally, on a horse, you get on with a mounting block or yeah. maybe a maybe a gate. But if if those aren't available and they weren't, you know, you you you're left to your own. Did you have to kind determined. of run up run up behind and leapfrog onto it? Yeah, like a you kind have of cowboy. to. You have to be pretty determined, and and obviously the adrenaline, I suppose, got me up there. Anyway, it was great, and and and, and I carried on. It was fine. Um, do you get extra points for falling off and having got back on again? Do, do, do you get you praise get, from no, your... No, I mean, actually, you, you normally get sort of uh, fined by your hunt um, uh, five pounds uh, mm-hmm. for, for falling off. But people are kind of more sympathetic when it's, you know, I mean, obviously, falling down a hole, you know, you, you can't really legislate for that. I mean, it's one of the big dangers about hunting that right. people, people will call out, if they see one, they'll say, wear hole, which means beware hole. Right. But often you're in it before you even know it's there because right. you know, if, if it's hidden by grass or whatever. I, I have to ask, James, had you had anything to drink at this point? Oh, uh, listen, I, if I hadn't, I think I would have um, been in serious trouble. <laughs> 
So what, you'd had some slow. You'd had a couple of uh, glasses of slow gin, had you? Yeah, and and, and more afterwards um, right. to 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 deal with the the, the shock. I mean, I think that's way. The, uh, in fact, I felt fine for the for the next twenty four hours, and then, and then I well, then you start getting sort of sort of like flashbacks and things, and 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 you know, you sort of delayed shock. Right. But it's fine. I mean, I mean that, that, that's the deal with 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 horses, unfortunately. So, um, all right, it sounds it sounds like you had a more eventful weekend than me. Um, the probably the only memorable thing I did this weekend was um, my wife and I went to a kind of um, reading of a musical version or a musical based on the food reality show come dine with me so come dine with me the idea for come dine with me um uh, uh was um a friend of mine's um quite a close friend of mine's and so she she invited caroline and i to go to this kind of it was like a it was like i think it was a sort of uh, so it was like it's a musical so there wasn't there was a little bit of dancing and a little bit of singing and there was kind of like um a guitarist and a pianist but there wasn't a full orchestra you know there wasn't a full cast there was no chorus um uh, but they kind of uh, but it was sort of like the, the phrases that there is a term of art to describe this it was it was it was in, it was like a showcase for a musical to interest producers in ponying up the money to pay for further development and then ideally a full-on west end production um uh, so it only lasted an hour um and i i, I was actually a contestant on come dine with me actually it was celebrity come dine with me i should make that distinction really um, well, and you sub- cooked and i cooked yeah this was in 2004 so the way for the benefit of our america I, I, it may even be on in america i don't know but I'm for sure the benefit of those who format who've TV, ne- isn't it? I, I think i think my friend has made a, a a little bit of money from selling the format around the world i think it's been sold in many territories um and probably the united states uh, but for those who haven't seen it essentially uh four contestants sometimes five just ordinary members of the public unless it's celebrity come down with me uh, uh take turns to throw dinner parties in their homes and the other contestants have to give them a mark out of 10 and then at the end of the series any any takes place over kind of you know there are only sort of four or five episodes depending on how many contestants there are the 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 the, the, the host with the most marks wins um and it's kind of a great way of teasing out kind of generational conflict political conflict um sexual rivalry um class-based anxiety and it all comes out uh, as people invite the other contestants into their homes and nothing is more redolent nothing kind of is speaks more about your particular status in the labyrinth that is the british class system than what you choose to serve guests and the manner in which you serve it you know at a dinner party um so it's kind of uh, it, it works particularly well in britain because we've got so much class anxiety floating around but i imagine it works well in other places too um but uh anyway yeah i did it in 2004 and incredibly um i actually won um and uh, uh and i think it's mainly because i had a lot of help cook? from caroline i cooked oh. um i cooked i cooked a kind of tomato tart to begin with and then uh roast beef uh with i think new potatoes um and maybe peas it wasn't a particularly ambitious meal and then that's, was a- but that is that's quite brave because because beef you can either get really really right or really really wrong yeah and i i did get it a bit wrong it was a bit too rare when it came out of the oven and um but I think the fact that I was kind of self-deprecating about getting it wrong and wasn't trying to kind of, 
you know, pass myself off as a more accomplished chef than I am, endeared me to the other contestants. Um, anyway, um, uh, so I was quite... Uh, when I was a judge on Top Chef, um, the highest rated food reality show on cable in the US, so I was a judge on that show for two seasons, um, uh, I, I, there was some discussion behind the scenes um, between the judges and the producers about whether it could be turned into a musical, a Broadway musical. And uh, so... I, and I'd always been quite interested in that idea. I never actually got as far as actually trying to set out what the story would be. But so I was quite interested to see how my friend and her collaborators had turned Come Dine With Me into a musical comedy. And actually, they'd done a pretty good job. It was pretty it was pretty good. And Are you going to be I, an angel investor? Well, I don't know about that. Um, musicals notoriously. It's a way to uh, lose money. <laughs> often lose money, yeah. Um, and they cost a lot to put on. I mean, they're a real gamble. And most uh, theatre producers are very wary of, um, of, of producing musicals. Um, but nonetheless, I thought it was very promising. And I could see it working as a West End musical. So that's my, that's the highlight of my weekend. Um, so should we hear from our first sponsor, James? Uh, and I, I think, think it's, it. I think, it, well, actually, I guess it'll be our second sponsor because we've already heard from one a yes. pre-show read but let's have the first show read from you yes so we all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and security online right but here's something you might not know you can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries if you're like me and you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix this will change your world ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost a hundred different countries. So just imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through. It's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service. Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN also works on all your devices, phones, media consoles, media consoles, smart TVs and more. So you can watch what you want on the big screen or on the go. So if you want to get access to hundreds of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash London right now and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash London expressvpn.com slash london to learn more okay so james um there's 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 a few things to talk about um one thing i thought uh, would be of interest to our listeners is a lawsuit that robert kennedy jr um is bringing against something called the trusted news initiative and if you know about the trusted oh, the news fact initiative, checker people well it's sort of um so the trusted news initiative yes is a joint project by various legacy media companies including the washington post associated press reuters the bbc um which is designed to uh protect the public from harmful disinformation or misinformation um and the way it operates is they they essentially report it's a bit like the way these shady agencies employed by different departments in our civil service operate they they monitor uh online news publishing sites like the daily skeptic um and if they think that something you published is false or misleading uh they will flag it up 
to um, the social media platforms and urge them to ban you or shadow ban you if you try and post about it. Um, uh, anyway, so um, Robert Kennedy, um, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. is bringing this lawsuit, alleging that this is essentially um, not designed by any desire, however misguided, to you know protect the public from disinformation, but is actually designed to um, uh, undermine um, potential rivals by making it harder for them <laughs> no to promote shit, themselves sure on social yeah. media. Yeah, no shit. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, but it, it it looks quite interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know whether it'll 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 um, they'll get anywhere. But this this lawsuit has been um, filed in the state of Texas. It's probably the best best state to bring it in, um, uh, alleging you know um, uh, mercenary economic motives under <laughs> underpinning uh, this initiative. And it's interesting that the BBC is part of it. Anyway, I'll be interesting to see how they get on because um, I, I don't know actually if the if the TNI has um, actively tried to um, get the Daily Skeptics social media accounts banned mm. uh, or shadow banned, but it might well have done. It's, are you familiar with with the concept of satanic inversion? Because this is a this is a classic example. I mean, as, as you know, Tobes, the environmental industry, which purports to save the planet, actually destroys the planet with with bat chomping, bird slicing, eco crucifixes, and so on. And in the same way, here is this organisation calling itself the Trusted News Initiative, and actually, it's the least tr- trustworthy news imaginable. I mean, it's completely compromised. It's it's the the lying news initiative is what it ought to be called. Uh, they 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 do um, they do show their colours with these with these with these ridiculous names they choose for themselves. Well, it, it is ridiculous, and it, it is it's a classic case of you know um, uh, 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 the dominant players in a sector um, being um, sort of marking their own homework. I mean, it, it, they, the whole the whole purpose behind the initiative, according to those who set it up is to restore trust in in legacy media brands but what's less likely to restore trust than having them mark the homework of their rivals you know how can you trust the bbc and reuters and abc in australia or cbs in the united states to um to kind of independently and impartially um, uh, declare whether a rival is a trusted news source or not. Of course, you know, they're, they're going to be a tainted source, as they would put it. You know, I mean, they would never, they would never, it's like, it's like you know, if, if they were, if they were, if they were asking, it's almost as if, you know, a journalist for the BBC um, is investigating an allegation that a big oil company like BP or Shell um, has um, funneled money to the Global Warming Policy Foundation, going to you know a, a spokesperson for BP or Shell when they deny it, then accepting that denial at face value. Uh, of course, the BBC would never do that in a million years. I mean, that would never pass muster, you know, um, with their editorial policy directors Although and their to be ethics councillors. Th- this is exactly what they're doing. Is unlikely. I mean, BP and Shell are so incredibly woke. They would they would be giving money to the Guardian. They would never be giving it to the global. Uh, yeah, but the the, the, po- the 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 point is, they would never go to you know one of those organisations and trust their verdict on whether you know well, a that's, story. Th- that's certainly did, true. No. Yeah, uh, uh, but this is what they're but, but this is what they're effectively doing. They're saying, trust us to be the judges of whether our rivals 
are reputable and trustworthy. And it's like, of course we're not going to trust you on that issue, and it's ridiculous to expect us to. Uh, and it's not going to restore trust in your brands if you just slag off your rivals for being untrustworthy. No, uh, well, we agree on that, but, but everywhere is broken, everything is broken. The, 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 the mainstream media is obviously completely corrupt and completely broken but i'm i'm not sure i trust the the court system even maybe not in texas i just think that everything is is bust well we'll um, see but i would have thought it i don't know whether 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 it'll make any progress but i would have thought it has a better chance of making progress in the state of texas than almost anywhere else in the united states so we'll see uh, but one to watch um so um uh on the subject of of, of of Satanism, I thought you would have. You, you did, did you see? Um, oh, we're talking about we're talking about the Grammys, the Bobby. Grammys, <laughs> the Grammys. Yeah, uh, uh, Sam Smith's. Um, uh, uh, he performed um, his single. Did you say rather, his, Toby? Sorry, sorry. There. Yeah, no, oh God. I'm now going to be struck, struck down with um, <laughs> struck by one of the devil's pitchforks for not saying yeah. The, so so. Um, uh, they performed their and Kim Petras's single "Unholy," which won Best Pop Duo slash Group Performance at the Emmys, uh, at the Grammys. Um, and he performed it. Sorry, they performed it <laughs> wearing a <laughs> wearing a devil costume with horns, and uh, it was denounced by um, even quite moderate conservatives who aren't prone to calling out Satanism in you know uh these award shows generally even they uh, uh called it out as satanic uh, as a kind of uh, you know almost trolling um uh, the mainstream you know uh, respectable republican with a small r viewing audience by shoving satanism in their faces and saying live with this uh, did you, I haven't actually. I didn't actually see it, but uh, I, I, I imagine was it a bit like Sam Smith's uh, delightful video, which includes oh, with uh, the bottoms, with the men's bottoms, with the men's bottoms and urination uh, taking place, uh, to, or, or seemingly anyway, something which looks very like uh, Sam Smith being being weed upon uh, in the finale. I imagine that that was not part of his it's, Grammy it's really show. It's really bizarre. Did, Sam Smith, I, I I've always thought of as as weak tea. I, I was appalled when when it they whatever was given given the the James Bond theme theme to do. Yeah. Such a sort of wishy washy, pathetic, half male, half. He's he's kind of transgender, isn't he? He's he's sort of betwixt and between. I think that, I think that this is part of the agenda. That, well, he, that, he, he, yeah, he 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 didn't used to be, did he? He used to be a fairly anodyne kind of muzak kind of yes, uh, soul singer you know that's uh, accept- works, acceptable in branches of you know uh hilton doubletree hotels the length and breadth of the world you sort of music you expect to hear in the elevator at a hilton um and he went from being this rather anodyne bland your granny wouldn't object kind of soul singer yeah. uh to then reinventing it sorry for that for reinventing their selves themselves i'm not sure um as a kind of cutting edge trans kind of avant-garde sexually provocative you know musical artist it was like he transformed overnight from engelbert humperdinck into mick jagger in his heyday or at least tried to uh but it seems like a pretty blatant effort to attract clicks and you know well, it's, attention, it's, it's actually it? worse than that Tim. i mean number one 
Whenever I see the name Sam Smith, I always think of that scene in the Bible where we, he says, my name is Legion for we are many. I mean, there is something, there is something demonic about, about, about this game that, that it is playing with, with these pronouns, with these, with the, with this transgender nonsense, which of, which of course is, it, 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 it veers towards the transhumanist agenda, which, which the, the, the predator class is trying to impose on us. The, 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 the bigger picture, I, as you probably know, I, I, I was a, I was a music critic for for about twenty five years, and I I took the stuff at face value at the time. But but now I've woken up to how the entertainment industry, but particularly the music industry, operates. It is controlled by the sort of the propaganda arm, if you like, of of the predator class, and and and, and the, the, we we think of music as being all about rebellion and entertainment but that's that's how it's sold to us the real purpose of of all these musical trends is to undermine um the 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 sort of uh family values uh undermine christianity to undermine the traditional relationship between men and women um to to corrupt the culture with 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 drugs to encourage sexual licentiousness, which is what happened in 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 the in the sixties, but the sixties was completely innocent compared with what's happening now. I mean, the the Satanism within pop music now is so overt; it's it's almost triumphalist. It's almost it's almost like like it's saying we've won that that we can now put uh, an overtly Satanist message in pop videos aimed at children. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. I, f- I find it quite frightening because this stuff is not is not a game. I mean, uh, if, if if you if you believe in in in, in God, you, you understand that 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 Satan is the enemy. He's not he's not a friend to mankind. And and uh, the fact that this stuff is being pushed on children, I think, is outrageous. But aren't you? Uh, it- Aren't you a little concerned that you sound a bit like Tipper Gore objecting to satanic messages being encoded in oh, songs by Led oh, Zeppelin totally. and Black Sabbath? That 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 line of argument is of a piece with what has happened to to Christianity over well, I mean, since at least the the mid mid nineteenth century when when Matthew Arnold wrote Dover Beach. Um, which is essentially that, that, that Christian arguments have been made to look old-fashioned, ridiculous, um, sort of not that, as though they don't belong to, to the modern times. You know, we've got over all that nonsense. But no, if, if you accept that, that, that God is real and Satan is real, which, which all Christians do, um, all real Christians, then you have to accept that what is going on here is essentially part of the satanic agenda. It's wrong. And, and, um, and it's a threat. We shouldn't. We, we shouldn't. We shouldn't make light of it. Well, my objection to um, Sam Smith's kind of B-Tech Satanism isn't that. But I, you know, I'm not a Christian. Um, uh, it isn't that um, it is. You know, the work of the devil and um, promoting a sinister agenda to undermine Christianity, family values, and the rest of it. My objection is it's just so second rate. You know. I, I like Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. The first incarnation of this kind of use of Satanism to kind of shock 
audiences and um, as a kind of part and parcel of a kind of drug-taking, sexually licentious, permissive era. Um, uh, you know, I found it quite stimulating and exciting. Um, uh, but but now it just seems like, you know, a second-rate retread um, by artists who can't hold a candle, you know, to the Rolling Stones. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, uh, Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath uh, and Cream uh, and the rest of them. Um, you know, this is like, if you compare, you know, Sam Smith to Jagger, it just it just seems like another another symbol of the uh, parabolic decline of the West. <laughs> you know, it ain't it, it, Satanism isn't what it used to be, um, uh, and it's just it just seems so pathetic and plagiaristic and uninspired and unimaginative and just a kind of knee jerk attempt to attract attention in a way that's going to shock absolutely no one. Anyway, that that's my objection to it. Mm. Well, obviously, we're going, to, we're going to disagree about the nature of the threat. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, I, mean, I, was, uh, sh- I was just looking at the, that, that Rolling Stones album, their Satanic Majesty's Request, which yeah. is, they were at it too, fairly early on. I mean, that's the thing. If, the, the, there's, the, if, if you, you, you'll probably find it online somewhere. There's an interview um, of, of Bob Dylan talking about the deal that, that, that rock stars make. And essentially, it is that they 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 sell their soul literally to the devil in in return for for earthly success, and and Bob Dylan's asked about this. You know, why do you why do you go on touring? You know, aren't you exhausted by now? He said, well, you've got no option. The the I think the phrase he uses is the chief commander wants it, um, and it's same with the Stones. I mean, look at them. They, they, Mick Mick Jagger can't retire to a, to an island to to shag his his you know. His, his birds because the, the the contract is signed with the dark with the dark one it means that he's he's got to do this forever <laughs> but surely it's just it just it just does it because you know when the rolling stones tour they make hundreds of millions and he just can't resist the lure of filthy lucre that's the that's the bargain mm. he's made with dr there's Faustus. always there's always a sort of worldly explanation and then there's the true explanation Okay, but you, you're not going to get there, Tobes, until until you you follow your son's example and realise that 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 all this stuff is real. Well, all I'll say, James, is that back in the day, the devil did have some pretty good tunes, but not anymore. Well, he did. Anyway. That's because Lucifer was in charge of. You, do you realise this? Lucifer was in charge of of music before he got ca- got cast out of heaven for his rebellion. Lucifer mm. was was in charge of music, so obviously well, what, he's in charge but, of the tunes. What, why is Lucifer? I mean, is if he if he's still in charge of music. How come he's chosen Sam Smith as his kind of uh, vehicle for his latest <laughs> compositions? I mean, it just seems like a very poor choice. If that's who we're up against, James, I'm not too worried. Um, anyway, uh, so let's hear from um, another of our sponsors, James. This one, an old, an old faithful. So right. we all know how. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, that's not the right one. Darn it. Um, uh, it's the slickness that people love about our show. They, 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 <laughs> they, like, they like they like the they like the uh, the the homegrown, homespun cottage industry feel to it all, James. OK, if you're a business owner that likes to jump to the news highlights, you'll love indeed. 
With Indeed Instant Match, you can instantly receive a list of quality candidates whose whose CVs or resumes on Indeed Match on Indeed match your job description. Hiring you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume or CV on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you, sponsor a job and boom, Instant Match shows you candidates whose resumes or CVs on Indeed fit your job description immediately after you post. With Instant Match, you can start hiring fast. So join three over three million businesses worldwide using D Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash London to start hiring now. That's indeed.com slash London. Indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, James, on the subject of... um, dark anti-christian forces did you see that shamima begum appeared looking rather glamorous um on the front page of the times's saturday magazine and Mm. the headline was unveiled the confessions of shamima begum uh now for those who've been living under a rock for the last five years shamima begum was a british um muslim schoolgirl um who uh when she was still a minor, travelled to, I think, um, Afghanistan, possibly Pakistan, Pakistan, I think, uh, to become uh, the bride of an ISIS jihadi warrior. Um, And um, her husband, I think, was killed, and she's now um, holed up in a refugee camp along with, I think, her child, um, the child of this now deceased ISIS terrorist and um, the Times Times Radio I think no I think the Times has given her a podcast and as part of this podcast launch they've interviewed her and stuck her on the cover of the um, Times Saturday supplement I mean I've got nothing against um, you know um, allowing you know particularly minors people who made mistakes when they were children I've got nothing against you know um, uh redemption for them giving them an opportunity to repent and be readmitted into society and I, I, I i'm not one of these people who thinks that she shouldn't be allowed back into britain because she's forfeited her british citizenship i don't think she you know it's not a problem we should saddle anyone else with she's our problem we should we should readmit her um but 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 my issue with this is you know how come we're we're prepared to forgive and allow a path back to someone who has literally got married and had the child of a terrorist who's an avowed enemy of Great Britain, but not to Jeremy Clarkson and others who've um, uh, transgressed in a much, much less meaningful, much less serious way by, for instance, telling a 
a joke in poor taste about Meghan Markle. Um, it seems extraordinary that, you know, the woke are prepared to extend forgiveness. You know, they believe in rehabilitation and redemption, even for people who've joined ISIS. You know, forget about child rapists and murderers. You know, you've joined ISIS, but as far as they're concerned, you know, you're not a write-off. There's still a possibility of redemption for you. But if you breach some woke, politically correct speech code, that's it. You're cast out. There's no possibility you can ever be readmitted. You are a, a an irredeemable uh, uh, sinner. Uh, how do you explain that, James? Oh, well, it, it, I, I, I can't really go there, Tobes, because it, this is what I would call a, a right wing talking point discussion. And it's just it doesn't it's not really in my vocabulary anymore. Um, <laughs> I, my, my take would be so wildly different. I just I just think the whole the whole story is there. It, it, it has been put there and promoted by The Times entirely so that people like you, I mean, you know, in the nicest possible way can 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 say that. And I, I just think it's. It's part of the divide and rule distraction. I don't. I don't. I don't buy it. I don't think um, they. I mean, I, I. I imagine they. I imagine it's part. It's more part of a kind of um, a sort of liberal progressive agenda. I don't think they probably doesn't occur to them that they're not extending the same charity to people cancelled by woke mobs. I'm, I'm. I don't think that. I think that, that that's part of the intention. Um, but li- listen, James, if you if you won't talk about right wing talking points, doesn't that somewhat limit? <laughs> The content well, it, of, well, it, uh, well, of it London does. calling it 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 does to a to a degree. I mean, it depends on what what you call a sort of right wing talking point. I, I just don't I just don't buy into that into that story. I think it's I think it's essentially manufactured. It's designed for people to get on the high horse and go, isn't it outrageous and and blah blah blah. And I think that the people who are really responsible for creating that organisation you mentioned um, that that she, that she joined, uh, it's it's not it's not who you think. Okay, we probably shouldn't go there. Um, but uh, uh, so um, uh, I've got another story. I tell you what, you, I tell you what there, Tibbs. I tell you what, I, I was struck by. Um, you, I, I see you did, you did a, a column on on Liz Truss, um, and I felt I felt vindicated reading it because because you were you were acknowledging something that that I that I pointed out when the story story broke. I said that you you, you said that the reason. The reason that that Liz Truss, who, who as as we as American listeners may not know, was was Prime Minister for about what fifty one days or something. I think it's forty nine days. She was the shortest days, ever right. serving <clears throat> British Prime Minister. And I said at the time that, that that I was very suspicious about about the way she was ousted. That, that, that I that I felt that this was not this was not natural. This was basically a, a, a deep state coup. Um, and you said no, it's the markets. And I said, well, well, you're being naive if you think that the markets are this kind of independent thing with a mind of their own. They they are actually controlled by the by the people who, who you know who control politics across the world. And I I, I think I, I got the impression from your from your latest piece that you were coming round to that point of view. Well, you didn't read to the end, James. I say that. Um... Oh no! I mean, I, I don't, no, your 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 last paragraph was classic classic tapes <laughs> digging himself out of the hole. You said it was definitely not a conspiracy. It was a a cock up. But I thought that the tenor of the piece up to that point, where you did a kind of reverse ferret, was very much that you, that that well. that it seemed to be the case that. Um, the shadowy left-wing forces. I mean, the, the, what, yeah. you, you mentioned the Bank well, of England had yes, had, had essentially I, ousted her. 
I think the the well the the to to, to put a bit of flesh on this for those who haven't been following um, Liz Truss's uh, recent intervention. So she wrote a four thousand word essay in the Sunday Telegraph, um, in which um, she accepts some responsibility for the collapse of her government, um, but uh, puts the lion's share of the blame on the um, uh, what she calls the um, economic establishment, um, the anti-growth coalition. Well, she doesn't use that phrase in the piece. But but I think the kernel of the argument is um, that uh, the market turmoil that followed um, uh, her and Kwasi Kwarteng's mini-budget um, wasn't caused by the mini-budget. Rather, it was caused by um, the... Uh, uh, the dep- it was caused by the exposure of various big in uh, pension funds to um uh what are they called they're called um hold on l is it l l d f's uh liquidity hold on hold on i'm just going to get the um the right i'll have to i'll have to get my piece it's up not so that interesting i mean she was essentially saying that she was undermined by the by the the anti-growth deep state she no, might have well, used no, that she, phrase she, but she, that was a that was no, what she, happened I, I think the the well the, the, but yeah, but that, I know she doesn't exactly say that. I mean, she sort of implies it. She flirts with, with the kind of conspiracy theorist, but she doesn't say anything that you could pin her down on. Um, but the 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 argument is, I'm just try and get it right, James. Um, that um, yeah, so um, uh, un, unbeknownst to Liz and Kwasi, because they weren't warned about about this by the Treasury. Um, uh, Various very big British pension funds were exposed because they had invested in liability-driven investments, um, which uh, which which are um, a form of betting essentially um, in the markets, known in some quarters as the widowmaker, um, uh, and y- you kind of leverage what assets you have to borrow money. And then invest in gilts, and if the gilts fall in value, the the institutions, the banks you borrowed the money from, can make collateral calls, and suddenly you're facing huge losses. Um, and uh, gilts were actually declining in value um, uh, before uh, the the mini budget was unveiled, and the Bank of England made this worse. First of all, by failing to regulate the pension sector properly and allowing all these pension funds to become exposed to these um, LDIs. And in addition, the Bank of England itself has a $5 billion pension fund for its current and former employees, which were which was similarly exposed to LDIs. So that's possibly why they didn't insist on greater regulation of the sector to prevent this kind of risk. Um, uh, but so the Bank of England, um, uh, the day before the mini budget uh, was announced, um, uh, uh, they, um, they, 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 they didn't ra- raise the interest rate um, by as much as people were expecting. They only raised it by uh, 0.5% instead of 0.75%, which the Fed raised it by, um, Fed raised interest rates by. Um, and in addition, they announced an end to quantitative easing and the beginning of quantitative tightening. 
And that exacerbated uh, the crisis, the turmoil in the gilt market. And it, and, it, and it was it was that which caused that was the primary cause of the turmoil and not the mini budget. So the previous view was that um, there were all these uncosted um, tax cuts as well as um, this energy support package unveiled in the mini budget. And that's what spooked the markets. And that's why Liz eventually had to go. No, according to the kind of more sophisticated, informed analysis, actually, the markets were spooked before that. This was an ongoing crisis, and it was a crisis caused by both the inaction of the Bank of England in failing to regulate the pension sector properly, and then by not doing enough to try and address inflationary pressures when it raised interest rates the day before the mini budget, and um, uh, so. That, but I don't think it doesn't follow from that that this was a that that. that Liz Truss's demise was um, brought about by a deep state coup. Well, not when you put it like that. Bank Bank of England flailing around trying to correct for its own mistakes and not doing so adequately. Not the way way you gloss it, no. But I think actually that was just... I think that her piece was a a very... was 4,000 words of of James was right all along. I mean, way ahead of the game. But there we are. It doesn't doesn't matter anyway. I mean, it's happened. She's gone. And uh, I think it's... like, if one believed in the system, um, it would have been a, a sign of hope that somebody who was promoting low tax and and you know economic growth and stuff that would have been that would have been a good thing. But it was never allowed to happen. And well, I think I think where where, where I think um, uh, a conspiracy theory about her demise would be more plausible is not citing the actions of the Bank of England, the inaction of the pensions regulator the reaction of markets but rather the speed with which the parliamentary conservative party her enemies within the parliamentary conservative party and broadly speaking the media including financial journalists the speed and various economists including you know anonymous sources within the bank of england and the obr and other institutions economic bodies um, the speed with which the mini budget was blamed for this that that became the narrative very quickly and it became very difficult for her to survive after that that narrative became embedded she's so incompetent that she's well, you'll caused notice that I was never swept turmoil. up in that narrative sorry say again not for one sec you'll notice that i was never for one second swept up in that narrative if you go back through all my london callings you'll find that i was just going yeah this is just bollocks because it was, it was just obviously the narrative. Yeah, and I think well, it was, it was, it was, it did seem to be a little bit suspect because the measures being proposed in the mini budget, such as cutting the top rate of tax from fifty percent, fifty p in the pound to forty five p in the pound, did not seem that radical. Um, and 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 her her so called tax cuts were actually um, uh, an announcement that corporation tax wouldn't, after all, be increased from 19% to 25% and that national insurance for employers wouldn't increase. So they weren't tax cuts. They were just reversals of um, previous announcements that tax would be raised. Um, but she did have this kind of, you know, this this energy support package, which, which you know, could have cost, I think, as much as 200 billion, but was never likely to cost that much. Um, but anyway, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, the narrative that, sh- that sh- the mini budget the uh, fiscal incontinence of um, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng had caused the market turmoil, which erupted on the Monday. The the mini-budget was unveiled on the Friday, and then the market 
um, uh, was plunged into turmoil on the Monday. And that's why people claimed it was the mini-budget that caused the turmoil. But actually, the turmoil predated her mini-budget, and it was a, a brewing storm um, far long before Liz Truss became Prime Minister. And, and, and she'd also you know, announced most of the measures that were announced beforehand in the mini-budget. So why the markets would have reacted so negatively, as if this was all some ghastly surprise, is always a bit implausible. Anyway, so... Um, uh, should we should we hear from our? Um, I think we should. I'm, I'm quite uh, well, excited. Well, actually, no, before about we do, ad. because we we go to we go to, actually before this ad, let's do one more thing because we're going to go to culture corner after the, after that. I've got one more topic I wanted to discuss with you, which is um, I don't know if you've seen this the stories in the papers, particularly the Mail, about Sasha Walpole. So Sasha Walpole is um, the woman who took uh, Prince Harry's virginity. Uh, she was 19 and he was 16 it was in a field behind a pub and um, what makes this story vaguely interesting (laughs) you you may claim to be completely uninterested in it but but what makes this story vaguely interesting is that Harry in spite of you know styling himself as a new man very sensitive to the feelings of women never knowingly doing anything to upset them um, he revealed uh, this episode wrote about this episode in his memoir spare without tipping off without warning Sasha Walpole that he was going to do so um, and she I think inevitably concluded that even though she wasn't named in spare it would come out who she is um, she would eventually be identified so she had to break the news to her father who he, she hadn't previously told about it uh, anyway she seems she seems genuinely upset that this well I hope she she's I, I, all I've said this way. I hope she's made a lot of money out of I don't think she's made I, anything I, I think it's well I, I, I think it's a really sordid horrid story and, and it made me sort of puke over my Sunday papers when I saw it um, uh, and uh, yeah, well, I, I mean, it must have been horrible for her having knowing that she was going to be the subject of this media search, and they were going to try and track her down, and she'd probably rather forget about it. Um, yeah, and Rupert Everett didn't help. Another person who stars himself, you know, an English gentleman, or at least plays one in the movies. Are um, you surprised? He he, he, he he said like uh, like a few days ago. Said uh, he sort of with a wink, wink and a nudge, nudge. Said he knew who the woman was who Harry yeah, loved his well, well, but he wasn't going to name her. It's like well. If you if you can, of course, you're going to fuel speculation and she's inevitably going to be identified if you say that kind of thing. Um, yeah, a, a pretty a pretty poor show all round from these so-called English gentlemen. I mean, one of the first rules, surely, of being an English gent is you don't kiss and tell. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, poor show. Uh, anyway, yes. yeah, let's hear from our, our uh, let's hear from our fourth, but not our final sponsor. That will come at the end. No, uh, I'm really excited about this one um, um, because I've I've. I've I've learned about similar establishments, and this one sounds an excellent institution. It's called the King Alfred School. Do you want your children to be able to think like Plato, argue like St. Paul, create like Michelangelo, command like Queen Elizabeth I, compose like Bach, and write like Milton? Send them to us at the King Alfred School in Dudley. We are standing firm while schools do the wokey-cokey. We stand for truth, not indoctrination. Goodness, not activism. And beauty, 
not mediocrity. We hold fast to the principles of classical education and are renewing this highly successful British method of schooling for the generations to come. Support us as we strive to bring up free thinkers who know and love their Western cultural heritage. To get involved or find out more, go to our website at www.thekingalfredschool.co.uk or our GoFundMe page www.gofundme.com f uh, forward slash f forward slash classical hyphen british hyphen education well the details will be will be, be below this um this podcast and search classical british education and become part of the groundswell movement that is reviving british classical education for all our children i, I particularly attach this ad because um i used to go to dudley zoo regularly when i was a when i was a child uh-huh. Uh, and I, uh, I like the black country. Nice. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a great one. Um, and we'll be reading that one again next week. I hope they James. do well. I hope they do well. And I hope they will well too. And, and we will be putting all the details, both of the fundraiser and to how to, how to find out more about the school, um, on, our, on our page, on the Ricochet website. There follows a personal message from our loyal sponsor, For Holt. Would you like FU money? Given the current societal outlook, that would be handy, wouldn't it? Perhaps FU Freedom Cash is closer than you think. But first, a warning. Because those who possess obvious FU money, from Branson to Brankman Fried, must support the system's current thing. On the other hand, it's probably not a good idea to emulate outspoken Andrew Tate types either to create your Freedom Cash, because you'll come to the attention of exactly the wrong people. Instead, join us. We're quietly creating freedom money with fellow sceptical business owners and investors. What is your endgame? A small holding? An ocean-capable boat? A wee Scottish island, perhaps? Consider, on a 1 to 10 scale, where you are on your journey to freedom. We all have to exit one way or another, cash out or coffin out. To discuss your freedom plan, connect with me for Holt at linkedin.com slash in slash for Holt. Skull for. P.S. Join our enterprising and sceptical platform for free at thorholt.substack.com and enjoy a high-speed boat trip under our family's own Scottish island. Now that's freedom. By the way, you won't find me with a Substack name search because this is an invite-only community. So you'll have to enter thorholt.substack.com in your browser and also connect with me now at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thorholt. Um, so, James, I, 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 have you seen episode three of The Last of Us yet? No. Um, uh, uh, somebody's told me that is absolutely just unbelievably something. And I'm no, I don't know what. Am I, am I in for a treat of horror? Yeah, it's quite something, James. No, um, you're not in for a treat of horror, at least. Oh, so so um, it, 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 it was just an absolute jaw dropper, um, but in not in the right way. This is what Freddie so, Gray was telling me. So, yeah. He said, so, you've, got to, you've got to see it just because it's... You've got to see it. So, um, so it is, it's essentially um, an interlude about a gay romance a gay love story so um it it features a hitherto uh unseen character so you're introduced to this character for the first time and he's a kind of he's a he's a he's a redneck survivalist 
um, who, um, because he's... Has he got know, a moustache? <laughs> yeah, he's got a beard and a moustache. And because he's Because he's long been suspecting, you know, that um, society's collapse is imminent. He's well prepared for when it collapses yeah. in 2003. Um, and so he, he, he survives. And then this... Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm giving away too many spoilers here, but it has no connection almost no connection at all with the rest of the plot right <laughs> um it, it's just like a, t- a totally new character introduced and he then strikes up a romance with a kind of passing vagrant and they end up living together what tramp and- sex are we talking well <laughs> i don't know you call it that <laughs> i exactly. don't think i want to know anything more about <laughs> tramp sex i'm sorry uh, uh, no, uh, but they, but it, it, and they, they 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 i mean you know it it, it typically you know the 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 um uh, survivalist um, who apparently sets a great deal of store by owning lots of guns um, uh, turns out to be a repressed homosexual and this and he, he discovers himself uh, when this vagrant makes a pass at him and they become lovers and uh, they spend the rest of their lives together and uh, and and it's kind of redemption for the Republican <laughs> um, and uh, but but and at the end James I mean not not to, I mean, at the end um, the, 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 I mean if anyone has if anyone hasn't watched it and they're excited about watching it then yeah avert your ears now at the end um, uh, uh, they both euthanize themselves so it becomes in addition to in addition to being a kind of uh, you know uh, 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 in addition to promoting um I don't know, um, gay marriage, civil partnerships. Um, it then promotes at the end euthanasia. Um, uh, and this is thought to be a kind of great and romantic, you know, way for them to end their lives because one of them has, you know, a terminal disease and the other doesn't want to go on living. The red yes. doesn't want to go on living without his boyfriend. Um, but, but what was, what was kind of, I mean, it was just, it was just, I, I was watching it with my, with my, with my, um, three sons and we just couldn't we were waiting for the kind of connection to the rest of the plot to be revealed we were waiting for you know the main characters to show up um and you know there was a distant tenuous connection but both of these characters introduced in this interlude episode die at the end of the episode um and and so there's like there's there's no kind of it was just completely gratuitous just shoehorned in unapologetically unashamedly um and 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 the reason it was sure in i imagine is because the makers of of the last of us you know they they thought well who are our audience here well they're they're people who love these kind of zombie post-apocalyptic kind of uh tv shows they're fans of the video game they're for the most part redneck deplorables so let's take this opportunity to educate them let's teach them that there can be such a thing as meaningful loving gay relationships and that euthanasia can be a good way to end your life I mean, it was as though they were kind of they must have such a low opinion of their kind of core audience they must just imagine all their fans are bad fans so they then took it upon themselves to re-educate them and it was the kind of film you you can imagine this episode being shown you know at kind of you know during unconscious bias training sessions you know um uh, at goldman sachs and um you know uh at the uh, department for health and social security i mean it was just it was just but um it was it was it was so gratuitous so unashamedly kind of didactic um it was it was it was just shocking james i was i was i was i, I all my sons were like you know they're and they're pretty pc compared to me even their jaws were hanging open thinking what is the connection between this and the rest of the series and there just wasn't one yeah 
Um, well, I'm 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 looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having all, all, all everything I've said about the entertainment industry will be confirmed in that. I think it will. Episode. Yeah, yeah, it will. Um, okay, so have you seen anything this week? Um, well, I've I stuck it uh, to the end of Fowder. I say I say stuck it to the end like it was an ordeal. It was fa- it was fantastic. It, it's definitely season four. This was w- yeah, <laughs> well up to up to the standard of previous okay. seasons um, with a <laughs> yeah with a, with a, a very exciting ending which I'm not going to spoil obviously but, but so I, I should definitely... tell you James that I've now started watching Fowder so I've watched um, episodes season one episodes one and two and I'm yeah. I'm quite liking it I think I'm going to get to the end yeah it's pretty good stuff isn't it you'll, you'll notice that the main character Doron is, is, is very much like me I think I think almost modelled on me I think <laughs> he's you know he's kind of no nonsense act, man of action with a a heart underneath. Yeah. <laughs> if it's how you see yourself. Yeah. Um, no, I, I rather saw myself in him, um, and I, I, I thought you, you were, you well, you've were got the weight. Of, I saw, I saw the, the the weedy brother of the panther who gets married and killed in episode one. Oh, he stop reminded that. me of you. <laughs> stop that. That's that's really unfair, actually. Okay. That's, that's really that's really really cruel. Um, yeah, uh, I think that. I think that's all I've been watching. It's all, okay, so I've um, I've uh, I also watched last night. I watched the Fablemans, um, which is Sounds Steven terrible. Spielberg's. Um, Definitely, it's really terrible. a kind of thinly veiled biopic about Steven Spielberg. So it's about this oh, no. um, this this young man called Sam or Sammy Fableman, um, who discovers himself um, in movie making in the 1960s in 1960s America and um, he also has a kind of he, he discovers a dark secret about his family and he it's revealed to him through the medium of movies so he's playing back one of his cine films and he stumbles upon this dark secret and in this way I suppose it's a metaphor for how movies can reveal kind of truths to their audiences and but but what what's i mean it, it's reasonably well done it's far too long goes on for at least two and a half hours um uh, but um it's it's you know it's it's reasonably engaging um but what what's slightly irritating about it is that is that there's a kind of running theme throughout which is that if if you sammy fableman commit yourself to becoming a filmmaker um uh, then you are committing yourself to art and that's the kind of theme running through it his mother does sort of more or less the same thing though she's a she's a frustrated concert pianist but if you follow your passions it's saying if you commit yourself to art if that becomes your guiding light then the people around you your loved ones your families are going to suffer because in order to be a serious artist you know in order to be faithful to your true passion um you have to put it first and it has to come before the welfare of your loved ones Uh, and you kind of think well yeah if you're van gogh or picasso um or beethoven but if you're like a hollywood filmmaker you know it's not quite the same thing is it i mean you know you're not sacrificing everything you know to pursue your art you're also getting extremely well paid you know you have access to casting couches um you know you live in fabulous palaces in the hollywood hills you have hot and cold running domestics you know drivers limos idling by your curb and the rest of it i mean it didn't feel like you know it but it was as though 
Spielberg had made this noble sacrifice for his art, uh, and that was like you know it was like it was like a portrait of the artist as a young man, almost like that. You know, it was like Spielberg's version of that James Joyce book. Uh, so I thought it was a little bit self-aggrandizing. It's sort of uh, a little bit sort of a, you know. I think I won't too much. watch it, Toby. Yeah. Thank anyway. you for sparing me that. So yeah, I don't suppose you need bother with that one, James. Um, and I think uh, book-wise, um, I finished Sharp Siege. Um, which uh, I wouldn't say it's the best of the Sharp novels, but not the worst. Reasonably entertaining. I'm still, I've got one more to go before I get to Sharp's Waterloo, which is the one I'm really looking forward to, um, which obviously is about the battle. What do you think Waterloo. happens in that one? <laughs> yeah, I think we can guess. Um, but uh, but in, I, I, I like to alternate my my sharps with other things. And so I've decided, I, I've been listening to a talking book of an Elmore Leonard novel uh the first in i think the rayland givens quartet called pronto which is actually pretty entertaining and pretty well read you can't beat a good elmore leonard yarn i must say um right well i i we've got to try and decide what audiobook we're going to listen to after having finished way of the world okay um, yeah the way we live now sorry sorry where we live now i'm i'm rather hoping that perhaps um we can find some others by well, Timothy West has read a ton of Trollops. I mean, he's has read he? oh, all well, of the yeah. Them. He's read he's read all of the um, Barchester Chronicles series, um, as well as the Palaces. So yeah, you've got a cornucopia to explore. Oh, okay, that's fine. Then we're sorted. Good. Yeah, okay. you're sorted. Uh, why don't you start with um, start with the first of the Palliser novels next? Which is, is the hunting in it? I think there might be. Yeah, I think there is actually. Yeah, yeah, I think there is. There definitely is in the second one. Anyway, um, so um, okay, I think that's about it. Yeah, I've got to go have some porridge before Pilates, so that's good. Okay, bye. This is London calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.